0: You're tuned in to the New Life Fellowship audio service. Here at New Life, we believe in facilitating a worship service that reflects the abundant new life that Jesus wants to give us in John 10.10. As you listen to today's sermon, feel free to share points that stand out to you on social media and use the hashtag NewLifeAU to join the national conversation. Enjoy today's message.
1: In the name of Jesus, I declare that you are God God, we have gathered here today because in spite of what the world says and in spite of what we are going through, in spite of how we feel, we are here to worship and we are here to bow down. We are here to declare that you are our God because you're altogether lovely and you're altogether wonderful. God, you are Alpha and Omega. God, we worship you, oh God. God, we bless the name of the Lord with the fruit of our lips. And so now we pray that you would give us in return what we have offered. God, speak to our hearts, Holy Spirit. Give the word that will bring new life. God, uplift the discouraged. Please set at liberty the oppressed and heal the brokenhearted. God, would you please set captives free? Would you please give sight to blind people? Would you please open up the ears of people that have not heard you in quite a long time? God, would you release an oracle in this place? Would you baptize us with your Holy Spirit? Would you burn with fire on the inside of each and every one of us? God, would you redeem your people? Would you heal our land, oh God? Would you please heal our land? For you are a mighty healer, strong and mighty in battle. The Lord is a warrior, and warrior is his name. And we declare all these things in faith. In the name of Jesus. If you just want to give God a praise, you just feel it. You just feel it. You just want to give him a praise. He's worthy. He is worthy. You may be seated. I just want to thank God for the Levitical ministry of our praise and worship team along with the band. I want to thank them for their sacrifice. It's, it's hard to rehearse in the middle of a busy week. Uh, but I want to thank you all for setting aside time sacrificially on our behalf. I want to thank those who have, who have been diligent in greeting and receiving the participants who wanted to worship here today. Uh, it's not easy. Dealing with our lack of capacity, right? It's not easy. Everybody's kind of scrunched in together, but I want to thank those who met you at the doors and gave you instructions based upon where you might be seated. I want to thank them for their sacrifice. And I want to thank you for coming. You could have stayed home today. You could have remained in the privacy and comfort of your own home. Uh, But you decided to come. Walking in the command of the apostle where he said, forsake not the gathering of yourselves together. Because there's something special when we just come together, united under one banner, one baptism, one God, one faith. And so thank you for being here. Today we are going to continue with part two of Kinetic. How many individuals were here for part one with Pastor Myron Edmonds on last week? Man, it was powerful. It was powerful. And he really talked about making a move. That's what he talked about. He said it is very important for us to be willing to make a move, to make the first move. And he then followed up by saying, and when you make the first move, even if your footing gets a little unsure, and you begin to sink, God will be there immediately to honor your faith. We left underneath the Holy Spirit saying, God, I want to make a move. Some of you this week thought about it. He said, man, it's harder than I thought to make a move. It's it's, it's much harder than I thought. It sounded easy when I was here, but it got harder when I left. So we want to pick up right there and discuss why it's so hard to make that first move of faith. And you have more control over it than you ever could imagine. And so I'm going to turn your attention to Exodus chapter 4. We'll be taking on a few verses there. If you're taking notes via Twitter or a different social media outlet, you can hashtag those notes, New Life AU. Exodus chapter 4, that's where we'll be today. We'll read about four or so verses there, beginning in verse 10. I'll read from the New Living Translation, but please feel free to read in whichever version you are rocking with here today. That's Exodus 4, reading in verse 10. Let's look at it together. If you could see it, say, I'm there. But Moses pleaded with the Lord, "Oh Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been, and I'm not now. Even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied, and my words get tangled. Verse 11, then the Lord asked Moses, who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Verse 12, now go. I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. But let's go ahead and look at verse 13. I think there's some important stuff for us there. Look how Moses responds. Lord, please, send anyone else. He doesn't say someone else. He doesn't care who the Lord chooses. He says, send anyone else but me. With the help of the Holy Spirit, I want us to think together underneath the theme, the voice in your head, the voice in your head. Heavenly Father, may all of this be clear. In the name of Jesus, I claim it. Amen the voice in your head. I want to ask a question. Uh, I need everyone to be honest and we are going to put ourselves on front street here today. I'm going to ask you to respond to this prompt with a show of hands. Do not keep your hand conveniently low by your side. I want you to raise it high. I want you to raise it high so that everyone can see. Yeah, I'm confessing. That's me. All right. How many of you ignored an unidentified caller this week. You Just ignored it. Like, nope, not picking it up. Not picking it up at all, right? Ah, uh, yes. We're telling the truth in the place today. We're telling the truth. And the reason we ignored the unidentified caller is because we don't know why you calling my phone. That's That's it. You know, like, like, I didn't give you permission to call my phone. I mean, I don't know what list you might have gotten my number from. I don't even care if one of my friends gave you my number. I don't know why you're calling my phone. And so we push ignore, and we say, well, maybe they'll text, or maybe they'll leave a voice message, and then I can determine whether or not I want to receive your call, okay? want to anchor in right there, whether or not I want to receive your call. But, but let our confessionals get a little bit more intimate and deep, how many people ignored an identified caller this week? You, you ignored identified. Like, yeah, their contact information is saved, and you saw who it was. There was no confusion about it. Man, I got somebody in the balcony who's giving two witnesses. They just put both hands up. Like, like, yeah, that was me. That was me. Now, now it's interesting. What's the psychology behind ignoring an identified caller, right? Like, okay, they, they obviously have your contact you have their contact oh could it be that i ain't trying to hear you right now is it is it is that what it is i I, I actually am not trying to hear you right now. Like, I, either I'm busy, or I know you talk too much, you're a little long-winded, or or you're messy, and all you're gonna do is bring your mess to me. All this transference energy. Don't like your vibes at all. And I mean, I can't even protect myself with some space and distance and a phone. Nope, your vibes go through the receiver of my phone and just jack up my whole day. Man, do I have any witnesses out here? Like. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm trying to confess, too, but I feel like I'm by myself. Like nobody else wants to admit that there are some identified callers that you ignore as well, because you're just not trying to hear the call right now. Notice these two scenarios put you in a position where either you're not ready, not wanting, or not willing to receive the call, or you're not ready, willing, or wanting to hear the call. Okay? Those two things. And what I want to suggest is that maybe those cell phone habits we have, uh, as it pertains to our caller ID, is, is, is probably where the issue in purpose starts for all of us. Because what I want you to know is, before you were born, God started calling you. I want us, I want us to just let that soak in and sink in. Before you were born... God started calling you. As a matter of fact, the calling of your life was so strong that he made sure the right people got together in the right orders to produce you being here on the planet. That's how, that's how strong the calling was. I mean, I could throw out the stats of what the odds were that you would win the first great swim, you know, through the fallopian tube and all of that, right? We could throw that out, but I don't think that's necessary. I think it is just necessary enough for you to know that the odds were stacked against you. 2,500 years ago, there were certain pairings that had to come together all around the globe just to make it possible for your DNA coding to get together. And then there was the great swim. And then there were millions of people you were competing against. And then there was all of the odds and and all of the possible mishaps that could have happened in utero. And then there was the delivery. And not to mention all of the things that could have taken you out from the age of zero to now. I want you to know that you are here on purpose, that God meant for you to be here, and he's been calling you before you were born. problem is that life calling is very complicated because usually there are these double voices that you're hearing trying to get you to go in one direction or another. So most of you probably listened to the first part of the message and said, yeah, I've heard that before, pastor. My issue is I don't know what he's saying. He's been calling, but I don't know what he's saying. I don't know if the passion that's in me, I don't know if the if the ambition that I have is, is me or if it's him. I don't know if he's going to bless me. I don't know if he's going to walk with me. I don't know if I could depend on him to make it very clear what I'm supposed to do. As a matter of fact, I'm kind of lost when it comes to my purpose. If I'm going to be honest with you, Pastor, I'm not sure if I'm living in my calling or if I'm just living. I don't know the difference today. I want to be honest with you. Uh, I don't know the difference, so I'm hesitant to receive the call, and I'm frustrated about hearing the call. Let me tell you why it's so frustrating. It happened to us in the Garden of Eden. You didn't know this part because most likely you have never considered this. But notice Genesis chapter 3, verses 10 and 11. Something weird happens after sin is introduced into our experience. They should have it for you up on the screen. So Adam said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. But watch what God says. God says, who told you you were naked? It wasn't the serpent. We got a transcript of what the serpent was saying. It wasn't Eve because the Bible doesn't say they were having conversations like that at this time. Who told Adam he was naked? As a matter of fact, who told Adam it was bad to be naked? For in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 25, we read these words. This is before sin. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. There was nothing wrong with being naked. God even declared that they were naked. So who told Adam that he was naked? I want to suggest Adam told Adam that he was naked. That as soon as sin came into the experience there's another voice that started talking in your head. Before the fall of humanity, all of us only heard one voice at all time, the voice of our creator. And whatever the creator thought about us, that's what we heard. Whatever the creator planned for us, that's what we understood. We only had one voice to listen to. But as soon as sin gets in the picture, now you got these two voices going on in your head. One voice told Adam... God made me like this. No, I should be cool. He loves me. I'll just tell him what happened, and he'll make it better. The other voice said, you're naked. You should be ashamed. You need to hide somewhere. You need to cover yourself. And that's what you're dealing with. I believe the issue in your current spirituality, your journey, is the voices in your head. Now, I'm not talking about the psycho disorders like schizophrenia, which speak to the hallucination of voices outside of you, like someone is talking to you. That's not the context of this conversation. The context of this conversation is the two yous that exist inside of you. There's a spiritual you, and there's a carnal you, and both of those individuals are talking to you at the same time, and let me tell you, both of those individuals are authentically you. It's not as if one part of you is telling you a lie and the other part of you is telling you the truth. Both voices are telling you things that are actually real. Both voices are trying to convince you to listen to what they're saying one voice is telling you the truth so that you can back away from your life calling and another voice is trying to tell you a truth to get you to come to your life calling see that's it that's where it's tough how do you tell the difference between two truths i believe that's what moses is wrestling with exodus chapter 4 and verse 10 says this but moses pleaded with the lord "O lord I'm not very good with words. God has just called Moses to go and speak to Pharaoh. Now, notice, God does not give him a five-page speech. God does not give him a book that he must study, memorize, and regurgitate. God actually only gives him a three-word sermon, let my people go. Somebody's like, one, two, three, four just checking to see if you're paying attention. (laughs) He gets a four-word sermon, let my people go, and he backs off, and he says, wait, I've never been good with words. I I never have been, as a matter of fact. I'm not a good speaker now, and Even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied, and my words get tangled. Listen, what I'm wanting all of you to understand and receive here today is that there is divine potential inside of you. God never speaks to you based on your past experience. He always speaks to you based on the potential that he planted in you. There is a seed of destiny that has been given to every human being, and that seed of destiny needs to grow. It needs to be nurtured. Problem is, most of us have grown up in environments that have sought to stifle that seed. So anytime God tries to call you from what is potentially in, potentially in you to what's actually in you, you don't believe him because you've never experienced that before. But what I want you to see here is that when God calls you, he's not speaking to you based on what you remember He's speaking to you based on what you can't remember. What do I mean by that? That's a little confusing. Well, let me break it down to you this way Moses doesn't remember when he was born and sentenced to die by Pharaoh. He doesn't remember that. Moses doesn't remember when his mom hid him somewhere for like three, four months, five, six months, try to keep him from crying because soldiers are outside and they're taking babies from from families like ours. He don't remember that. Moses doesn't remember when he was put in a basket and set to float in the Nile with only a prayer over his life, with animals in the Nile, with boats and ships going back and forth in the Nile. Moses doesn't remember that. Moses doesn't remember when angels hovered over his little basket and guided it to a safe space where he could be adopted and raised in privilege so that he could be educated to do exactly what he was born to do. Moses doesn't remember all that. There are things about your destiny that you don't remember. You don't remember how God protected you when you were in the womb. You can't remember that. You can't remember the struggles you went through when your mom was going through labor and people were looking at you wondering if everything was going to be okay. You can't remember that. You don't remember all of the times when the enemy tried to take you out in your childhood. You don't remember all that. You can't remember what God destined for you because that's something that he plants in you and he doesn't tell you until later. All Moses is thinking about. Is what I experienced. God is talking about what only God remembers. God remembers what he thought when he crafted you. The Bible says that he knew you before you were conceived. He shaped you and he formed you. He remembered what he created when he thought about you. He remembers what he planted when you were conceived. He remembers that you don't because you can't remember that far. That's some divine memory. So now what we need to do is we need to change our self-talk. We need to change our self-talk. Notice... There's probably a conversation going on in your head at all times throughout the day. I know people say, man, you're spacing out. Like, like, wake up. Are you here? Are you focused? Are you with me? My bad. I got ADHD. I'm on medication. My fault. You know, I can't focus. I can't concentrate. No, that's not true. We don't just space out. There's always a running conversation in the human psyche. And when you think about what you say about you, Most of the time, you talk about yourself like Moses talked about himself. God is trying to call you into your life calling, and you keep saying what you can't do. You keep saying what you are not. You keep saying what you failed at. You keep talking about what you're not confident about. See, you keep saying bad things about yourself, and here's where I want to pause. I don't want anybody in here to keep talking about what haters are saying. I don't want anybody in New Life to be talking about how what haters are trying to do. Listen, you hate on yourself more than anybody hates on you. I guarantee it. When Adam fell in the garden, it was very clear he was hating on himself more than any other being in the universe was hating on him. God showed up to embrace him, and all he wanted to do was hate on his own self and talk about how he was naked and ashamed and how he thought God was going to come punish him. You have formed a habit of hating on yourself more than anybody hates on you. Stop paying attention to what people are saying on Instagram. Stop talking about what somebody tweeted about you without tagging you into the tweet. That stuff doesn't matter. The only thing holding you back in life is you. The only thing holding, up, holding you up in, in life is the conversations that you have about your own self. You are terrible. Most of the time, you are probably terrible to yourself. You are terrible to yourself. And God is trying to call you into believing what he planted in you, and you continue to have a conversation with yourself about all the bad things about yourself. Have you ever noticed that when God called Gideon into his birth purpose, that he shows up in the scene? Now, Gideon is hiding out like a coward in a barn, hoping no one sees him, hoping that the thugs don't come by and take all of his food. That's where the Lord comes to him. And guess what the Lord says first? He says, behold, man of valor. What? This dude is a coward right now. He has a pitchfork trying to hide his food in the basement so none of the thugs come by and punk him for his stuff. But what I want want you to see in the text is that God does not say, hey, you coward, stop hiding. Why don't you man up, pick up a sword and do something about it? That's not what God says. God says, you are a man of valor. God is not talking about Gideon's experience up to that point. God is talking about stuff that Gideon can't remember. The stuff that happened when God formed Gideon. God knew I'm going to call you one day and you are going to save my people in battle because I made you to be strong. And the tough part about your life calling is that what God wants you to do is actually in the area of your greatest insecurity. Notice Moses says, I never been good with words. I always get tongue tied. And God calls him and says, no, you were born to speak for me. Those two things are at odds. See, there's a paradox. There is an oxymoron, right? There, There's a battle of opposites going on in you. The place that you are most secure is most likely the very place that you are born to serve with excellence. And so all the while, you're telling God what you can't do, what you haven't done, how you keep failing, and God is like, listen, man, would you please shut up? Stop telling me about what I did. I know what I planted. I know what I created. I I need you to speak for me, Moses. Who made your mouth? Who made your mouth? Is it not I, the Lord? Then go do what I said. Who made your hands? Who made your feet? Who made your brain? Who made your heart? Who made your lungs? Who made you? If the person who made you tells you that you were created for a certain function, why won't you believe him? You've never seen the blueprints that are written and stored in heaven with the architecture of you. You've never had access to those blueprints. So why do you keep telling the person that constructed you what you can and cannot do? It is because your conversations with yourself and consequently with God always move from what you've experienced, but they're not based in what God made. God wants to call you to do something in the area of greatest insecurity. And so we're going to start going, going, coming down the home stretch of this message, and we're going to give you the two guarantees that you need to receive if you are going to have success in your life calling. if you are actually going to muster up the courage to walk in this thing, there are two guarantees that God gives you. The first guarantee we see at Exodus 4:12, he says, "I will be with you." The first guarantee is, I know you're feeling insecure. And I know you feel inadequate right now. I know it. I know it. I know you're looking at the task that I've called you to, and you're wondering, why me? Like, there's nothing about me that I've seen that speaks to this calling. And what God is saying, don't worry. I'll be with you. Which means he didn't just make you, throw you out in the universe, and say, all right, handle your business. The person who made you is willing to get beside you, and to help you with the confidence you lack concerning why you were made. And that's what you need to start saying to yourself. The next time you start talking bad about yourself, what I want you to say is, no, God is with me. That the person who constructed me is not just going to put me out there and say, get the job done. The person who constructed me instead is going to get right beside me. And here's the second guarantee. The second guarantee is I will instruct you. I will instruct you. So he's not only with you, but he says that you will hear a voice in your ear. This is the prophet Isaiah. You will hear a voice in your ear telling you whether to go to the left or to the right. So the person that made you is going to be with you as well as instruct you. So that means two things. When you were born, you came into this planet with two things. You came into this planet with miraculous favor. And you came into this planet with spontaneous ability. You have miraculous favor that's in your gut somewhere. It is buried down deep and maybe no one has ever affirmed it. The reason why you don't feel so confident is because the enemy has has an understanding about you. He's been watching you. He's been observing you. He's been watching your family line. And he says, I know, i got to stifle this miraculous favor. But if you happen to believe in miraculous favor, then what God wants to do is bring you into a season of spontaneous ability. What do I mean by that? Some of you think that to be great in this world is based upon your work ethic. Now, I'm not trying to poo-poo on work ethic. You do have to put forth great effort. But watch this. When you walk in your life calling... Stuff that's super hard for someone else ain't so hard for you. People will look at you and say, how did you do that so easily? It's because you have spontaneous ability. This is ability that's not given until you start walking in the direction you're supposed to be going by faith. The reason you have failed before in pursuing your life calling is because you kept believing that it was about you trying to work it out, putting forth enough effort, studying hard enough, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That all amounts to you. You thought it was about you. You thought your life calling was about you and your abilities. Listen, I want you to know that the moment you start living according to this miraculous favor and spontaneous ability, you will actually start doing things that you've never studied before, you've never practiced before. All of a sudden, you can just do it. Miraculous favor was on Moses when he was born, and what God wanted to do was give him spontaneous abilities so that the moment he opened his mouth to Pharaoh, everything would have been there. Everything would have been there. And the moment you start being obedient in your personal life, everything will be there. The moment you actually start believing that there is miraculous favor that was planted inside of you from the time God thought about creating you, it will be there. The moment you stop talking so bad about yourself and start saying good things about yourself according to the purpose that God has for you, it'll be there. Everything you need to fulfill your life calling is already inside of you. Stop looking for paychecks. Stop looking for degrees. Stop looking for cars, houses. Stop looking for spouses. Look inside. There's something beautiful in there. And the moment you stop telling God what you can't do and start saying, God, tell me what I can do that I never knew I could do, it'll all be there. See, it's really about these two words, I can. You don't say that to yourself enough. Real talk, you don't say that to yourself enough. Most often you say, I can't. But what about if your whole life experience, if the internal conversations that you have, if even your prayer life with God does not revolve around what you can't, but starts to uplift and highlight what you believe you can? Don't you believe that God will be with you and instruct you? and bring it all to pass to where what you didn't think was there, you'll discover was there the whole time? The process of maturity, if you're writing notes, write this down. The process of maturity is simply discovering what you can. The process of maturity is simply discovering what you can. And what I mean by that is what you were born to do. For what you were born to do, that you will do. And it's only you holding you back. It's the voice in your head. It's that other part of you that only talks bad about yourself and doesn't talk good enough about yourself. As the musician begins to play, I want to draw your attention to to a Bible character who got it, who got it. You know, David, he has ups and downs. This guy has valleys, but there are these moments where he just gets it, right? Psalms 18 and verse 29, I think, is an example of that. Watch what he says about himself. In your strength, I can. I could crush an army. With my God, I can. Scale a wall. Do you see those two things? See, God is with him and instructing him. He gets it. If God is with me in this thing, if, if I truly walk in what I was born for, there was a prophet that came to my house when I was just a young cat in high school and told me that I'm going to be king one day. I believe I can. With my God, I can. And I want you to start replacing all that negative crap that was told to you from the time that you can remember. All those negative experiences that highlighted what you couldn't do, all the failures, all the shortcomings, all of that stuff. I want you to replace it with two words I can. In your strength, I can. With my God, I can. Some of y'all don't believe me, so I'm gonna go to one of the greatest films of all time. Maybe that'll help you. Empire Strikes Back. Uh, For those of you who don't know, this is widely considered the greatest film in the Star Wars era. It is the greatest episode. Not trying to hear you haters, do your research. (laughs) Widely held as the number one episode. Empire Strikes Back. There's an awesome scene where Yoda is trying to get Luke Skywalker to understand what he can. And Luke in a moment of frustration as he's trying to use the force to lift his ship out of the swamp. Looks to Yoda trying to get counsel. Yoda's like, bro, do better. Of course, he says it in only a way that Yoda can says. He says, do better, you must, you know. Do better. And Luke says, I'm trying. That's what Luke Skywalker says. He says, I'm trying. And look what Yoda responds. He says, do or do not. There is no try. Do or do not. But there is no try. And that's the secret of the force. That's the secret of the Jedi. There are some people who are just born to where they so believe in the purpose and what they're here to do. They don't try to do it. They just do it. They don't try to do it. They just decide not to do it. Do or do not, there is no try. I don't know what you're trying to accomplish. I don't know what you're trying to achieve. I don't know what's in your heart. I don't know what you're dreaming about. I just want to declare over you here today, do it or don't do it, but stop trying. Go to God, ask him, why am I here on this planet? What am I supposed to be accomplishing? What was I made to do that I can't fail at? What was I made to do that I'll have miraculous favor over my life? What is it that I'll have spontaneous ability to accomplish? God, I want to do it. I'm tired of trying. I've been trying too hard. I just want to be. I just want to exist. I just want to do it. Stop trying to find your purpose. Stop trying so hard to figure out why you are here. All of those answers are in the inside of you. You just have to trust God enough to say, I'm about to live this reckless life where my life isn't going to be about effort. It's going to be about this free fall fall of surrender. I'm just going to surrender to the thought that I do have miraculous favor on my life. That I was made for a purpose. It's a purpose that I can't remember because it was was something that was planted in me before I even had a consciousness. But I got miraculous favor on my life. And and God is going to move me from potential to actual. And spontaneously, it will just happen one day. Moses wasn't expecting. For his life purpose to show up in the middle of a desert on the side of a mountain with nobody else around. He had given up on purpose. He thought, this is my life. I'm going to be a shepherd for the rest of my days. I failed in Egypt. I'm not chilling with a family. As an ex-convict, I am on the run. I'm on the most wanted list. This is my life now. But out of nowhere, spontaneously. God said, I need you to do what you were born to do and go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. And God's trying to show up for you. He's been calling. God's been calling. And now it's time for you to start answering. So what I want you to do right now is if you are really like, okay, I don't know how this is going to look. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. But, God, I want to tune in to the voice, to the voice in my head. The voice in my head that represents the voice that is always informing me of what my calling is. I just want you to bow your heads where you are, and I just want you to start telling God, God, I want to hear that voice. I want to learn to talk better about myself. I want to believe in miraculous favor that is on my life, and I want to see the spontaneous movement of God in my life. I want to see spontaneous ability. You want to surrender. You want to stop trying to be someone and you just want to say, God, I want to just do it. Somehow I just want to follow you to the point where one day it just, it just comes to me. I'm not going to tell you what I can't do anymore. I'm done reminding you about my failures. You want to move me from potential to actual You want to move me from potential to actual. God, I want you to move me from potential to actual. I believe you already have purpose for me, oh God. The blueprints are in heaven, my design has already been constructed. I'm not going to put so much effort into trying to make it happen. No, instead, I'm just going to believe that it's going to happen. I'm just going to believe that one day spontaneously, it's just going to happen. It's going to catch me off guard. It's going to come out of nowhere. It's going to be a call that I never thought I'd receive. So God, give me the strength and courage when it does happen. To respond, respond, I know I can. With my God's strength, I can. With his presence, I can. Just start saying that word to yourself. Just start saying it. I can. I can. It's just powerful. Two words. I can. Replace all that neg- negativity in this moment with this positive message of, I can. I was made on purpose, designed on purpose. I want to live on purpose. Because God has purpose for my life. In the name of Jesus, I pray that each person in here who has lifted up a prayer to God in the privacy of their own soul, I pray, God, that you would hear that prayer. I pray you would give them what, what is required for them to stop trying so hard, but instead to just, to just sit back, do their best each day, but, but know that this call that's on my life is, is filled with miraculous favor, and I will receive spontaneous ability when I need it, But I'm going to start, in the meantime, talking good about myself, coming into agreement with the blueprints that God has already written for me. May there be a shift in their life right now, oh God. May they take one step closer to the reason that they were constructed for such a time as this. In the name of Jesus, I declare it. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to the New Life Fellowship audio service. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and that you will continue to tune in. New Life is located in the Seminary Chapel on the campus of Andrews University and our services are held every Saturday at 1145 a.m. Keep up with the latest information about what's happening at New Life by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes and through our social media connections on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Simply type in New Life AU in the search bar and you'll find us. Until next time, may the Lord bless you with a new love, new integrity, new faith, and a new experience.